is the Martin Waymeyer Podcast. We're a public relations team that loves Lansing, and we have a passion for making Michigan a better place. We're walking through case studies of strategic communications, issue management, digital strategy, and discussing those examples with our clients. I'm Jessica Tremontana, a senior account executive of Martin Waymeyer, and I'm joined by my fabulous co-workers, Elizabeth Batiste. Hello. And Amelia Keelone. Hey there. I said that right. Yep. <laughs> Woo! Nailed it. Today we're talking about Voters Not Politicians campaign. Katie Fahey, the founder and executive director, is here. Katie, welcome. Hi, glad to be here. Thank you for joining us. Now start from the very beginning. Tell us about what is Voters Not Politicians and what's your connection to the campaign? Yeah, so um, I am here today because of a Facebook post. Uh, Never did I think I would be recording a podcast about how we're trying to save democracy here in Michigan. But really, um, we're a campaign that's going to be on the ballot on November 6th. Uh, trying to end partisan gerrymandering in Michigan. So really looking at how our representative uh, democracy works here in Michigan and trying to make sure that people are back in charge. Uh, Our name of our campaign is Voters Not Politicians, and that means that we'd like voters to be in charge of those decisions and drawing district lines, not politicians. Uh, Because what that's led to is a lot of uh, misrepresentation of how people vote in the actual seats that get allocated in in our government and who is representing us in Lansing and in Washington. DC. I think a lot of people may not know how are the districts drawn right now and you know what are you hoping to kind of change? Yeah so right now uh, you have the politicians who've been elected getting to basically draw their own district lines for themselves. Um, Once every 10 years after the census uh, the party that got more votes will form a committee and will meet behind closed doors, bring in a lot of lobbyists and uh, people who are paid a lot of money to look at the demographics and the data on people in the state and try to see by determining how we can move these lines or people will vote, how can we get our party to be in charge of this process. Um, but what that leads to is, uh, you know, instead of our communities being looked at, it is more just winning and trading favors for politicians or political parties. So the way people vote in Michigan right now, about 50% of the people vote for Democrats, 50% for Republicans, yet depending which party's in charge of drawing those lines, upwards of 70% of the seats that are won by politicians are won by one political party, even though they got half the votes or less than half the votes. Um, And we have about six other states who have done an independent citizens redistricting commission. That's what we're looking to implement. And what that means is that you take that line drawing out of the hands of the politicians and you give it to people. Um, And what that leads to is people who are happier with their government, uh, new people getting into politics. Because if you and I were running against each other, but I was a currently elected politician and I knew where you lived, I could actually, you know, pull your house up on my map and draw you out of the district you're about to run in. And especially for our state house and state senate, you would now be running in a new, brand new district three months before the election. Uh, There's not really any other games where the players get to decide the rules for themselves right before playing, yet politics uh, ends up being that way when it comes to redistricting. And I, I would add, gerrymandering is something that um, a lot of people in the state of Michigan, including David Waymeyer, have been trying to talk about and figure out how they're going to address. I think what why people are talking about it so much right now is that the technology to draw these maps is has gotten more and more sophisticated the more data we have on people. Um, so that's why we can see 
that it's a lot more of a precise science. Um, so it's just been great to work on this grassroots campaign that's working to address that. Yeah, and with the new census coming up, it's really important if we're going to change who draws the lines that it happens now, because otherwise we'll be stuck with a decade worth of elections where politicians once again get to hand pick and choose their voters instead of voters really being able to choose who their politicians are. So this Facebook post, was this just kind of, what the heck, or (laughs) tell us about that. Yeah, so in, um, I've always paid attention to politics, but never been involved in a political campaign before, but, you know, was passionate about who I was going to vote for for drain commissioner. I'm just kind of one of those people. (laughs) Um, And in 2016, I saw a lot of friends and family for the first time starting to engage in politics in a way that I hadn't seen before. Standing in line for hours at a time uh, for rallies, actually knowing different policy differences between candidates. And when I started listening and talking to friends and family, I saw that two politicians were really drawing them out to want to actually be engaged in politics. And those were Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders. And when I tried to think about, you know, why maybe these two candidates are, are getting my friends and family actually excited to talk about the differences between healthcare policy and environmental policy and things like that, I think it was really their core messaging, um, drain the swamp and the political revolution. And both of those things, I think, were speaking to how people don't feel listened to. They don't feel like politicians are accountable to them. They feel like they're accountable to special interests. And like it's gotten so crooked and corrupt that um, we can't actually see changes on the things that we hope our government provides. Things really basic like clean water or our roads not being the worst in the country. And uh, so after the election, though, uh, in November, I saw the conversations that were being had that were really thoughtful, even if people were uh, voting for different people, kind of dissipate and people go more into the camps of, you know, well, you voted this way, so you're evil, or you voted this way and you're evil. And um, I didn't want that opportunity to go away. So I was thinking about Thanksgiving dinner and going to visit my family. And I wanted just to be able to talk about creating change together. Um, I think so often we look at uh, politicians as like messiah-like figures where we think that one person's going to come and fix everything. And they talk that way often too. Mm -hmm. Trust in me and I'll fix it all. (laughs) But the reality is one person can't, especially with the system being so broken. Um, I remember learning about gerrymandering in like fourth grade uh, and asking my teacher like, okay, if we know that it's rigged or broken, like why don't we fix it? And she said, well, it's the way it's always been. And that always bothered me. So when I'm thinking about Thanksgiving, I'm getting ready to go to work. I just thought, you know, I bet if we could start fixing things like redistricting, my friends and family wouldn't only vote when they hear a politician who's talking about completely destroying the system, but maybe they'd feel listened to throughout when they're voting and they'd want to stay more engaged. So I made a, a pretty innocent at the time Facebook post just saying, hey, I want to take on gerrymandering in Michigan. If you want to help, let me know. Smiley face. Um, and 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 then it just snowballed from there. I never thought I'd be running a, a political organization, especially probably one of the most robust campaigns that's ever come through Michigan, I think, especially digitally. We just got our first offices a couple of weeks Woo. ago. Yeah, finally. We're official. Yeah, but besides that, we've really been run online and only citizen-led. Um, and it's been thousands of Michiganders, you know, consciously taking time out of their schedule, taking money out of their budget to try and fight for a reform that's just good for everybody. And that's, I think, why we all have worked so hard on it. Sure. Now, talking about the citizen-led initiative, you know, Amelia, you're really one of the OGs of this campaign. You started out as a volunteer. Now you're working, you know, with Martin Waymeyer. Tell us about how this effort's really evolved from your work as both a volunteer to now a a full role at Martin Waymeyer on the campaign. 
Yeah, so I originally became involved in the campaign when I answered Katie's Facebook post. So one of my friends had shared it that was mutual friends with Katie. Um, and I just remembered in high school learning about gerrymandering and how absurd it was. And I was like, okay, I want to get involved in something after the election. Um, and I want it to be something that's, you know, nonpartisan focused. I don't just want to try and get another candidate elected. Um, so I joined the campaign and we hopped on a, a Google Hangouts call at like 8 p.m. at night. Um, and that's what we did for a few months. Most of us had full-time jobs. We were working either on holidays, vacation days, at night, 5 a.m. in the morning, whenever we could find time. Um, and we were, you know, really crowdsourcing things. We found volunteers who could design uh, logos and do animation videos and you know, create flyers and stuff for us. And we were just doing this all in a crowdsource shoestring budget. Um, and now, since we started hiring consultants and, and we started hiring some volunteers, we have a lot more resources. So we can get things done a lot faster. We can get them done, you know, in the moment when it's really impactful to, to reach voters. So that's been the biggest change that, that I've seen. And now we have access to all these great uh, consultants and resources and, and people to work with. So... Yeah, because now we really have to reach millions of voters. I think, you know, in the beginning, we were still trying to do that, trying to include as many people as possible in the campaign. We really wanted a campaign that was like for and by the people. When you hear a citizen-led ballot initiative, you know, I really took that literally. Like, okay, citizens will lead this, and it is up to us to make this change. We know, especially with redistricting, if our legislature was going to change it, they'd be actively giving themselves less power. And there's not a lot of incentive to do that. So if there's anybody who's going to bring this, you know, coming from the people, we have our best interest um, in mind, and that's why we were so focused on that. And uh, we've had, yeah, we have over 14,000 people who've signed up to volunteer, over 5,000 active day-to-day -day volunteers, and now we've got a handful of days left to try and really inform the state about this important initiative and what Proposal 2 will mean for them on Election Day. Who are you trying to reach and what are you trying to tell them? Yeah, so we're trying to reach every, you know, voter in Michigan who's going to show up on November 6th. Um, the, you know, right now with the current redistricting process, it's done behind closed doors only once every 10 years. And if anything, the politicians in charge probably want as little public participation as possible. So it makes a lot of sense that people don't really know about this issue. That's what we kind of see that, you know, people might kind of know about redistricting or gerrymandering, but it's not at the, it's not a, a topic of conversation at their dinner table, unless they're a voters, not politicians volunteer. Um, <laughs> but what we're trying to do is just make sure people have the basic information about what is an independent citizen's Districting Commission mean for them? What does this mean for future elections in Michigan? This will change the outcome of elections for decades to come in Michigan. It is so important. And the only way it passes is by millions of people understanding the critical role they have in voting yes on it and making sure that it passes. It's a really beautiful part about a ballot initiative. You can write the constitutional language as a group of citizens. You can gather signatures over 315,654 as citizens. And then ultimately, it's up to the popular vote and the amount of people who are going to vote to vote yes to, and to pass it and, and really correct this wrong in our state. I had the opportunity to go knocking doors last night with Katie, and that was a lot of fun to actually bring our messages straight to the voters. Um, and 
the transparency factor is like huge with voters. Once you tell them, did you know that politicians draw their own lines pretty much so they can keep their own jobs? They're pretty taken aback by that because like Katie said, a lot of people just don't know that this is an issue and that they get to rig the system like that. And then you get to talk about the empowerment that comes from, you know, you personally could apply for this commission or if you can't picture yourself doing that, you could go attend the meeting and let them know how you think your community should be represented. I'm from the West Michigan part of the state and I know that like our third congressional district, Battle Creek and Kalamazoo, they do a ton of business together. They have an airport together. And in this last round of redistricting, it was the first time in decades they were put into two separate congressional districts. And when you talk to the people and you knock doors in those communities, they don't think that's right. They don't think that Battle Creek and Grand Rapids have more in common. They know that Kalamazoo and Battle Creek do. And so they'll be able to actually, for the first time ever, go and talk about that and have it be listened to by the people drawing the lines instead of ignored. And one of the cool things about this campaign is that we're not just knocking doors in one or two cities. We're knocking doors across the state. And when we collected signatures, we collected signatures from every single one of Michigan's 83 counties. And we had town halls from Marquette to Monroe. So we are really targeting the entire state because this is an issue that impacts the entire state of Michigan. Not just the UP, not just Detroit, not just Grand Rapids. It's the entire state. Um, so we have very passionate volunteers across all of Michigan knocking doors, talking to voters, going to events, passing out literature, just really trying to get the word out there. That's awesome. And you faced some big challenges. I mean, before you secured a spot on the ballot this November, tell us a bit about some of the challenges the campaign has really overcome and leading all the way up to the Michigan Supreme Court. Yeah. So, um, I mean, when you haven't done this before, even just basic things like creating a ballot question committee, that's the type of, you know, you have to file that with the Secretary of State so you can start a bank account um, and start getting money moving. Um, and we weren't professionals. We didn't have a bank account yet. So as we were doing that, we had to work with them to schedule a special webinar for just for us um, because they weren't going to have one till. Uh, August and this was back in February. So um, little basic things like that, just learning how to navigate the system. We were a group of internet strangers. We didn't know each other. Um, and so I don't blame organizations who, you know, were skeptical that we could do it. But I think even being able to create an online infrastructure, where is a, a central website where we could host materials for volunteers? How are we going to communicate? Thinking about how to be intentional with that and then also reaching out to other groups groups and, and trying to say, hey, here's who we are and here's their mission and how can we work together has been a big lift. Um, from early on, we've had uh, opposition, actually, people trying to you know, paint this as something it isn't. I do think that it's rare to have an actually citizen-led ballot initiative now that I've been in it for a while. I keep hearing how this doesn't happen, but I think we really had to prove ourselves, even to the media, to show that you know we weren't a special interest group. We were really just the citizens of Michigan coming together to make our state better. Um, and funding was huge. Um, you know, it cost even $40,000 just to print petitions. So, you know, I'm not a secret millionaire either as Amelia. Uh, <laughs> we had to bring I that. Wish. I wish. <laughs> That's why you're here. <laughs> but like, you know, if there were 4,000 of us, then how do we divide that up by that cost and how do we reach friends and family to donate? And what I'm really proud of is in the last uh, campaign finance report we put out, we had over 16,000 contributions that have been made to the campaign, which is over 18 times more than any 
any other ballot initiative in our state. I mean, 18 times more. It just shows, I think, how different we are, and, and that does come with challenges. We had to cut our own clipboards. Uh, we thankfully had a woodcarver in our, in our crew, um, so we were able to do that. And just finding new ways to talk about this really big issue about gerrymandering. We've had quilts made um, to try and raise awareness. We've come up with songs. We've had a dragon carved out that people can take their picture with. But And we've tried to do like um, little art galleries where people can either color in their districts or they you know, say what shape they think it looks like. Um, but just different ways to engage people on a topic that sometimes can be wonky um, or that is not as easily accessible because you don't maybe realize how it impacts you personally at home. Yeah, sure. Now, Elizabeth, I know you've worked on the campaign a lot and been putting on a lot of hours that are literally all over the place from weekends <laughs> to late nights. I mean, some would argue that is a campaign, but this seems like it's just a different uh, type of animal. You know, tell us a little bit about how you feel working on this campaign and how Voters Not Politicians is different. Yeah, um, so Martin Wehmeyer was brought on as one of the first consultants for the campaign back in October of 2017-ish. <laughs> um, and it's been a whirlwind since then. I mean, the campaign has gone through a lot of transitions, a lot of growth. Um, so it's just been kind of navigating that. Um, I mean, it was an interesting experience being the consultant that came into this grassroots campaign. I mean, I we were starting to um, get paid for our services before, well before Katie was hired onto the campaign. <laughs> so um, we we recognized that, and it took a, a you know a few adjustments, but. Honestly, this campaign is unlike any other because of the volunteers. Like I said, I was knocking doors last night and just seeing the dedication and the time that they're putting in really makes it worth it. Um, and yeah, it's, I mean, it's just such a group effort. And another thing I love about this campaign, is, well, there's two other things. Um, one is the number of women who are in leadership and who started this campaign. There's a lot of really great guys involved too, but even when you look at the volunteers, like there's just so many powerful, wonderful, smart women who are involved and who really helped kickstart this in a major way. And also, I just love the diversity of the backgrounds of people. Um, they, they live all over the state. They have all sorts of different careers. I think one of the people who helped write the policy is a veterinarian. Mm -hmm. um, Amelia was an engineer, and she learned how to code a website in a completely different language. Like, <laughs> And our state field director is um, a, a former engineer and math teacher, and now she's running a field program. She ran the successful petition collection. So it really is just a hodgepodge mishmash of Michigan's best and it's just been it's been a blast to be a part of it. And I just like to say like part of what Martin Waymer like working with you guys what has stood out to us was really when we were looking at consultants trying to run a genuinely nonpartisan campaign is really hard. So finding an organization that is, you know, nonpartisan and is going to work just for the benefit of all Michigan citizens was really really key. And the other thing though too is um, you know, the willingness to do things unconventionally and to work within volunteers and to understand the asset that that is instead of seeing it as a deterrent or like something to be managed, it really has been a collaboration on how do we amplify the amazing things that the people of Michigan are doing, add in our expertise, and like make sure that we are talking about this and getting to uh, as many Michigan voters as we can. And I think it's like the, one of the absolute best decisions we made. And for a low budget campaign too, I'll just throw this out there, like investing in like a PR and communications firm is probably the best thing we did, especially early on. It is the way that you 
talk to voters if you can't make sure that you're on message or communicating, especially when you have thousands of you. If, if you're not trying to be thoughtful on how you do that, you can turn off people even though they would be supportive if they just read the constitutional language. So it's been a really great relationship, I think. Thanks for that plug. <laughs> I'm it's completely been, genuine, yeah, too. Here's $5. Well, I think one of the biggest challenges of this campaign was getting David Waymeyer on Google Docs. So we still have some growing pains there. But. Still a challenge. <laughs> Google Docs, Trello, yes. Yeah, so yeah. We are so online, too. Yeah. So. So last question, and this is probably one of the toughest, is, you know, we've kind of talked through the campaign and, you know, why it's important to you, but, you know, what's your gut say, or pass or fail come November? Yeah, you know, I think we're going to win. Um, I've never felt more that way. It's really interesting because it has been a long two years. I mean, when we got the language written, when we got it approved, when we got our signatures gathered, then when we got them verified, then we made it through the Court of Appeals, then the Supreme Court, then getting our ballot number, then getting our 100 words. It's really funny that you can be on something for almost two years and now, like, within the last couple of weeks is the first time we get to solely focus on just getting the yes vote um, and, and getting 51% of the state. We see that a lot of people are undecided. We see that um, because it's a low information issue, we need to reach them. But because we took the time to engage thousands of people in writing this language and inviting people from different political beliefs, because we took the time to support volunteers being able to do education presentations and no matter where you're at in the state be able to participate and volunteer in this campaign there is an army of people every single day thousands of michiganders who are taking 10 20 30 40 hours of their week and have been for two years to try and make a better michigan and and i think that doesn't go away i think it is being gerrymandering is being talked at with dinner tables of people who normally wouldn't and it's being talked about in a way that really empowers voters and really does put people first and because of all that and because of all the amazing partnerships we're starting to gather because of you know I don't think thousands of people, you know, over 8,000 donors, over, you know, 5,000 active day-to-day volunteers, 14,000 who've signed up, amazing consultants and, and partners like the Sierra Club and League of Women Voters, you know, because of all that support, I think that even though we already start seeing the misinformation campaign and the confusion campaign going, that people will know what they're going to vote on. And when they read it, they'll understand that it's fair and better than, you know, the status quo that we have. So... Um, I think we're going to have a great, great time. We can't let up. We have to only add to our ranks to get more and more people out there and keep spreading the word. But it's just been such an amazing adventure so far that I, I only see us getting more and more excited the closer we get. I actually can't believe it's almost over. I don't know. six days. Yeah. Well, as of today. <laughs> yeah. I think Jenny and I were talking about that. I'm like, oh, I'm kind of sad. Like, I don't yeah. want it to come yet. But we're, we're ready, though, too. It's like a wedding. When you plan yeah. so much, then you're just like, okay, we're, we're in the final stretch. Yeah. Here we go. Exactly. Exactly. Let's see if the guests show up. Yeah, we, have, I mean, we have our eyes on the prize, but we also, and I, I, I agree, I think we will win in November, but I, we also have to be thinking about the implementation of this because we also mm-hmm. want it to be very successful. So while there's a lot of campaign staff that's focusing on the campaign day to day, we're also kind of starting to figure out like how we can successfully implement it. So there's a there's another project after this one. Yeah, <laughs> making sure the people of Michigan know that they can apply for this commission and then also making sure that they can show up for the public testimony and talk about how do they want their community represented. Um, when I think about this, I actually think about like well, now I think about me and Amelia in our classrooms. I didn't know you remembered it from school too. But anyway, so I think about like when I learned about gerrymandering and the response I got. And I just think about now how like 
what after November, like when fifth graders are learning about redistricting reform, they will hear about gerrymandering and then they will get to hear, but the people of Michigan didn't want to continue that. And instead, we have an independent citizens redistricting commission that you can apply for and that you, you know, before you're uh, 18 and can apply for it, you know, you can attend the meeting and let them know how you feel and how your community should be drawn. And like, what a better, beautiful future that could be for our state. And and that's what I'm excited. I, want, uh, I hope we win and then we'll be ready to make sure that the people of Michigan are ready to participate. That's awesome. Well, Katie, thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate it. Elizabeth and Amelia, thanks for letting me rope you into this. (laughs) Now back to work. (laughs) (laughs) That's the Martin Weimar podcast.